0: At LuckyLandslots.com.
1: Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply.
0: Raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens. Bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens. Brown paper packages tied up with strings.
1: These are a few of my favorite things.
0: Happy Throwback Thursday, everybody
1: raindrops on roses
0: and whiskers on kittens nice bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens bright paper packages tied up with strings did you see yankee candle had a sound of music candle line of my <laughs> favorite things
1: wait really yeah it like, really. Did. one of them was like raindrops on roses yeah.
0: raindrops on roses you whiskers, get whiskers on
1: kittens bright kittens. copper kettles warm oh, woolen
0: mittens brown paper packet. yep, yep.
1: I used to not understand, you know, Yankee Candle and what a big business it is. And uh, I would drive up to Vermont to work in Northern Stage when I worked there, and I, we'd always pass the factory. and I was always like, ah, "Who buys candles?" And now, the older I get, I love a nice scented candle, Rob. It's really nice. It's you get home and you just want to, you just want to relax a little bit, and you put on whiskers and kittens, and you're like, "Oh, I feel great. This is nice." And they last a longer time. So you know, hey, who am it's, I? I don't know. A candle. I like candles now. <laughs>
0: I think you should. I love Yankee Candle. Now, do you know how to sniff a Yankee Candle?
1: Do you know how to oh. sniff a candle to get the to figure uh, out what the fragrance is? Take the is? top off and then put your nose in there and smell it.
0: No, no.
1: Okay, you take wow. The,
0: you take the top off, but then you sniff the top. Ooh, the lid! Don't, you sniff the lid. You're not supposed to sniff the candle.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. So I thought now you know. should learn that. Yeah. Knowledge go. is power. Very good. Hey, wow. now you hey. know. You know, I uh, I went down a rabbit hole the other day. This is not my favorite thing, but either uh, you know, there's some legends that I just don't know a lot about, and I want to know why they're so legendary. And so the great Tallulah Bankhead, you know, people often talk about her and no. uh, her, and she was very campy, even though she did some serious plays. And basically, any play that she did towards the end of, end of her career in the early '60s and late '50s, you know, the, the people would come out in droves, especially a certain demographic, if you know what I mean. Wink, wink. Me, yes, <laughs> but uh, but like she she was very popular and she almost would have takes to the audience. But I watched this episode of the Desi and Lucy show where she's she plays herself visiting them. It is so freaking funny. Her comedic timing. Is it? It's better than Lucy. I mean, she her takes to the audience, everything. Oh my god, I love it. I just, I would, just, you guys, if you haven't, younger listeners, because I know my our older friends know exactly who Tallulah Bankhead is, but if you've not watched this woman, it really is. She's something special. <laughs> I I
0: try. <laughs> I try. <laughs> I, try to, I love Tallulah Bankhead. She's so funny. Ooh, uh,
1: darling, yes, darling. You know, what's that this? story
0: that she went to church once? And the 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 priest was walking down with that with the bell and the incense, <laughs> and she goes, "Darling, darling, your dress was marvelous, but your purse is on fire."
1: <laughs> <laughs> <Just> <laughs> she, I mean, sad. she was a sad person. I mean, she was like couldn't stop drinking and smoking, and she died of complications of emphysema. I mean, it was not. I mean, all the things that people loved about her were also part of the things that were her downfall. And, but my God, what? And, what?
0: She, and she was the subject of that play, "Looped." Remember that with Valerie yes, Harper? She was the set so of Looped. And then um, if you want to see good Tallulah Bankhead impressions, either Charles Pierce or Charles Pierce Leroy Reams does a really good Tallulah Bankhead. Oh,
1: my God. that's
0: When crazy. we had dinner with Leroy at Sardi's, he started the evening with telling us a very graphic story about her that I just will not repeat on the air. <laughs> but it was a funny story.
1: <laughs> so anyway, oh yeah. So what's your, what's oh, your, what's your favorite thing? So- well, the reason why I went down the, oh, the yes. Bank Bankhead uh, – no, th- that it ties into my favorite thing. So oh, I'm reading oh, this sorry. book. And I'm, I'm sure that you have – I have a stack of books on uh, on my nightstand that I you know, eventually will get to. And, and this book I bought, and I don't remember why I bought it. It's called Follies of God. Uh, it's a, a biography sort of of Teddy C. Williams. It's called Follies yeah, of God, yeah. Teddy C. Williams and the Women of the Fog, written by James Grissom, G-R-I-S-S-O-M. Um, it's, first of all, it's so well-written. It's a fantastic book. And basically towards the end of his life, Tennessee Williams, um, and a very low moment of his life near the end, summoned this, this writer, this 20 year old writer, um, and who was asking a letter of advice and Tennessee Williams decided that this was the guy that's going to help solve some of his questions in life. Ooh. And he wanted him, he sent him on a mission to, to, um, on behalf of Tennessee Williams or 10, as he called him, uh, to talk to the people who mattered most to him throughout his life and to see if they, if he mattered to them and to, to b- basically assemble a, a bigger picture of who he was to these women that mattered so deeply. And of course, one of the women were to Lula bank a couple other women were women like Maureen Stapleton, Julie Harris, Betty Davis, Catherine Hepburn, uh, Aaliyah Kazan, who's not a woman, Marlon Brando, John Gielgud. Um, I just read about, uh, Marian Seldes, Lois Smith, who I was trying to get on the oh, show. Yeah. Um, and some of these women were his close friends. Some of them were his inspiration or Maureen Stapleton was basically like a sister to him. They would just sit in bed and, you know, comfort each other. Uh, and some of them were just idols that he just dreamt about and loved. But what's so fascinating in this book is that this writer really did sit down with all these women. So what you get is you get – yes, you get all about Tennessee Williams and he is almost like Leroy Reams truthful and, many, and, you know, talking yes. about his sexual ex- – talking about what it was like to be in L.A. and and the men that he was with and and just what it was like to be a struggling artist and how he had to borrow money and just a very honest take on a man's life. Or, and you know that it's honest because then you hear what all these other people have to say about him. And it's the good, the bad and the ugly. And there is a lot of all of that in this book. Um, it is also, I found, to be almost a philosophical book because it deals with life and death, and reflection and what it means to be an artist and how an artist is someone who's constantly sometimes struggling. Uh, and yet we do it because we love it so much. And you get that from every single person that he encounters in this book. And because everyone's near the latter part of their life, they're a lot more reflective about the good parts that they've already lived in their life. And so it, it definitely has a more philosophical bent, um, uh, you learn why he what inspired. If you're a Tennessee Williams fan, I have not read all of his plays. I do not know him probably as well as you know his work, Rob, because you studied so much of it. I feel like you probably did, but I, I only know like I did Cat, uh, I did um, Glass Menagerie when uh, a couple years ago I was a gentleman caller, but that's like the only Aww. Tennessee Williams play I right know. And he talks about why he wrote them and how they changed and how he didn't think he could do it and how the director really helped you know focus you know um, Streetcar Named Desire, for instance. He's very honest about all that. Uh, Yeah, I'm just looking at my notes real quick. Uh, Yeah, and he talks about the inspiration of creation and and, and how we actually, I find that we can all learn about our own artistic lives through his journey as well. Uh, again, this book is called Follies of God, Tennessee Williams, and the Women of the Fog, superbly written by James Grissom, G-R-I-S-S-O-M. I have, do not remember why I bought it. I even looked at, I bought it a year ago on Amazon. Someone probably, I was at a party and someone was like, you should read this, and I, like, I bought the book, and then I, I don't even remember who it is that recommended it to me. So if you're listening to this and you're like, Kevin, that was me, remind me, because I want to thank you, because it really is, it's just such a great book and i'm really happy that i'm I'm reading i read it
0: with lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom
1: sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time
0: no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky
1: Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather,
0: now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome to the family.
1: No purchase necessary. VGW Group. where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.
0: I have, and I've never read this book, and now I think I'm going to pick it up. I have a really interesting conundrum with Tennessee Williams that I'm going to ask our, you about, and then we'll ask our listeners about. Anytime I read one of his plays, I love reading the play. I love reading Glass Menagerie. Every time I read it, I cry like a baby, no matter how many times I've read it. Same with Cat on a Hot Tin Roof, Streetcar Named Desire. But when I see them, I'm never engaged in watching them. I'm engaged in reading them, and I love reading them, but I'm never engaged in watching the production. Are there any playwrights that that's similar for you, where you enjoy reading the play, but then when you see the play, you're like, ah, is it like Eugene O'Neill or Neil Simon or Arthur Miller, mm. maybe Tennessee Williams? So I don't know. So I'm posing that question to to our listeners. Is there a playwright like that that does it for you where you enjoy reading the play, but then you can't really watch the play? Mm.
1: Interesting. Maybe I can't think of one. I don't, read, I don't read a lot of plays, but I know you do. And you're really good at that. Um, oh, shit. I, I'm, I don't know. And I, I, I imagine a lot of it has to do, and, and he talks about this in the book, is that if, if, if he wasn't there and a, a director who knows his work so intimately as him, I think that it's hard to get it tr- to translate what's inside his head. That's no. why he's right. So many. He talks about how, why he's he writes so many stage directions, and yeah. it would drive him crazy that every director is like, "Throw out the stage directions, don't read that." But for Tennessee Williams, he's like, "That's the essence. That's how I get you into the world of what I'm working with in my mind and what I'm trying to, you know, get the the yeah. spirit with which it's happening." And I know, I, mean, I remember in school, everyone was like, "Oh yeah, scene study class." So like, yep, just do what you want to do, you know. And it's like, well, he if you want to get what he was intending, I don't know. I, I I wonder how hard it is to create a production that was exactly what he was in, intending. I don't know. I, I imagine there's a di- slight disconnect between the page and the stage.
0: For me, at least. I don't know. I don't think I could ever no. I, don't, I don't know if I'd ever want to direct to Tennessee Williams. I just enjoy reading mm-hmm. them on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe one day I'll play Big Daddy and Cat on a Hot Tin Room.
1: <laughs> yeah, you will. <laughs> like, every day you are Big Daddy. Okay, that's no, disgusting. I'm not, that's gross, that's disgusting. I couldn't even get through that. You um, gotta get, get
0: over I'll, it, Brick. Gotta, <laughs> He's go. just your friend. You gotta give me a grandchild. That's oh. scary. That's a, that. Thank you. That was a line reading. Wow. I don't know who play Big Mama. Maybe you want to be in drag. You can be Big Mama.
1: I'd love to be in drag. Yeah,
0: sure. I'll okay, great. Well, I'm just I'm throwing out ideas here. You can um, be, you can be Big Mama.
1: I kind of want to be Maggie, but it's uh, fine. fine. You can oh,
0: be okay. Maggie. I don't understand your like problem, Rick. Like
1: a cat in a hot tin roof. What's going on with you and Skipper? <laughs> Skipper, I hardly even know him.
0: <laughs> Every time that I, that line. <laughs> Every time I come home, it smells like cornbread and poppers in here.
1: It's the revival of Oklahoma.
0: <laughs> Mary, make more chili. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> it's a, Mary, sold, it's, Mary, a sold, it's a it's a sold out cornbread. ground, Mary, <laughs> get the cornbread. Uh, pepper for the hot sauce? No, okay. okay. <laughs> this poor woman. Um, mine. Oh my God! This is this is camp. This is just camp, camp, camp for everybody today. Okay. okay. Um, it it does tie into musical theater. So you're gonna just have to trust me on this. camp, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I feel, it makes sense to me. All right, folks. Um, in the 1970s, there was a desire on television to really embrace variety shows. We had things like Carol Burnett. We had Donnie and Marie, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And then somebody got the bright idea: What if we took a whole bunch of people who really can't sing and dance, and we put them on a variety show together? And that show was called The Brady Bunch. Yes, in the 1970s, they reunited all of the cast except Eve Plum, who was like, I'm not coming back for this. (laughs) They replaced her with a woman named Fake Jan. And they did a variety show written by former guest Bruce Valanche that um, literally was just the Brady Bunch cast singing and dancing and doing sketches. However, there's a lot of good musical theater in there for mm-hmm. everybody so you can go on youtube and watch it but i have to just tell you a couple of my favorite things to keep an eye out for um if you watch one episode you'll have florence henderson sing send in the clowns
1: well she is brought she did broadway you while, know, she- the,
0: while the brady bunch clan sings razzle dazzle from chicago <laughs> oh i'm not joking i'm not joking <laughs> Um, there is a Hollywood tribute where, uh, Milton Burl does a conga line and they all sing songs from singing in the rain. But one of my absolute personal favorites, because it makes you so uncomfortable, you're going to like literally have to turn away is episode six which stars Rich Little, the comedian or the impersonator who had to tell you who he who is impersonating. Um, he develops amnesia and believes he's one of the Brady children. It also gives him a chance to, like, show off his impersonation skills, like when he does uh, Carol Channing in Hello, Dolly. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. But the best part of this, folks, folks, is when you get Ann B. Davis, who played the maid, Uh, And a couple of the the children and Rip Taylor, what the fuck he's doing in there, God only knows, doing ease on down the road from The Wiz. Once again, folks, no, no, this is no. an all-white cast singing no. Ease on Down the Road from The Wiz in this episode. All you have to type in if you don't want to watch the whole episode, and I really think you should because you'll also get to see Barry Williams do Pinball Wizard, is you'll also <laughs> you'll, you'll, get to, you'll, you'll get to see um, just type in Ease on Down the Road, Brady Bunch, and you will see it. Maybe we'll even post it for you as well. It is a very special show. It only lasted a few episodes, um, and you can keep an eye out for fake jan and say hi to her too um also if you go to the episode where the brady kids announce they're inviting over the kids from what's happening because it's a crossover you'll also get to hear a song called disco lucy which is the i love lucy theme just set to a disco beat <laughs>
1: Incredible, yeah, <laughs>
0: and you. but I mean, it's literally so many like musical theater songs pop up in one episode. You not only get to hear Billy Joel's Piano Man, you also get to hear I Got Love from Pearlie. <laughs> so that's that's what we're talking about here,
1: folks. That's so, a hodgepodge, a potpourri. So, puree, so please, YouTube of the
0: Brady Bunch Hour. There's only like nine episodes, so you should be able to get through it. Wow. I would I would say this if you drink drink if you smoke out smoke out then turn it on and get ready but that is <laughs> mine this week the brady bunch hour and all Fantastic. of its musical
1: theater goodness so that's mine good good one very good one
0: all right then i'm gonna ease on down the road and buy a copy of follies of god
1: enjoy yeah check it out
0: all right till next time everybody
1: Bye. I- raindrops on roses and
0: whiskers on kittens Bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens, brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few of my favorite things.